0: Election College, episode number 227, Abraham Lincoln, part two. Let's throw a
1: political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts... Jason Goff and
0: Ben Smith. Jason, we just could talk for years about Abraham Lincoln. There have been so many books written. There's been so many podcasts recorded, but none like Election College. And if you haven't listened to our first episode on Abraham Lincoln, you should probably go back in time and do that. We left off with, well, we kind of fast-forwarded where we were in the story, but we went ahead and talked a little bit about Abraham Lincoln and Mary Todd getting married, and now they're going to start having kids, and we'll talk about this, and then we'll back up a little bit to talk about more of his early life, but Abe, he just isn't around as much as he could be, even though he loves his family.
1: Yeah, it kind of sounds like a country song, (laughs) but I can't think of which one it is, but, you know, he's affectionate. He's the guy who was... A loving dad but tragedy just struck again and again you know you got robert todd lincoln he was born in 1843 you got eddie eddie passes away like he's four years old and he dies and it's probably tuberculosis there's willie who died at the white house and tad was born in 1853 and he outlives Abe, but dies before Mary. Um, so Robert was the, not only the oldest, but he was the only one to live past Mary Lincoln. So um, yeah, if you're not sad already, <laughs> yeah,
0: now you should be. Whoops, sorry, we did that. We aren't the only ones who are sad. You know, both Abe and Mary struggle a lot obviously with the deaths of their children. I mean that makes sense right? Um, they both were probably uh, it seems to be the case that they both struggled with clinical depression. They would have called it melancholy at the time and uh, you know it went so far that Mary uh, after she lost her sons and her husband that Robert Lincoln puts her in a an asylum for mental health uh, at least temporarily. So we know that you know they were able was obviously still able to do great things, uh, but yeah, he struggled with depression.
1: So Ben, let's back up and travel even further back in time to 1832, and that's when, at the age of 23 years old, Lincoln and a friend buy a general store, and. Dave Ramsey would not be happy with this because they bought it on credit uh, They're in New Salem, Illinois. And the economy was great uh, there in New Salem. People were moving west, and it just seemed to be good for everybody except for, well, the general store. So Lincoln sells his share and begins his political career when he runs for the Illinois General Assembly.
0: Yeah. And he's already getting pretty popular locally, at least. And, you know, he's starting to draw crowds and stuff like that. So he doesn't have an education, or at least not a formal one. He doesn't have any rich friends. He certainly doesn't have any money. And so he loses. Before he went into that election, uh, he actually served as a captain in the Illinois militia. And this is during the time of the Black Hawk War. And he gets back, he keeps campaigning, and, you know, he's He's tall. He's strong. He's intimidating, I guess it would be a good way to put it. And uh, he even goes as far as that at one point he sees one of his supporters being attacked. And I'm not sure if he was being attacked because he was a supporter or not. But at any rate, he picks up the guy who's attacking him by his neck and the seat of his trousers, just like a cartoon, and throws him. And uh, doesn't win him the election, but certainly lets people know that. Yeah, he may be smart, he may be uh, you know, poised well, but he can still kick your butt if he wants to. <laughs> right.
1: So he uh, later on serves as New Salem's postmaster and then becomes a county surveyor. And he is still reading. And he's reading and reading. He becomes a lawyer and teaches himself law by reading Blackstone's commentaries on the laws of England. As well as some other texts, so uh, Lincoln, his his famous education quote. We should probably put this on Instagram and promote it. You know, his his quote about his education methodology was, "I studied with nobody." So, how did you like that accent? I like that. And uh, he campaigned in 1834, again, for the state legislature, and he wins. He runs as a Whig, um, mainly because he won over some friends who were Democrats. So there he is. He's admitted to the bar in 1836, moves to Springfield, practices law under John T. Stewart, who is Mary Todd's cousin, and he is known as somebody who you don't necessarily want to be on the other side of the courtroom from because he's really good at cross-examining and giving closing arguments.
0: Do you think the, the phrase, I studied with nobody, should be the new election college catchphrase? Like, you know, where, where'd where you learn all this stuff about elections? I studied with nobody. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of... Dude, I tell you... We're kind of like books.
1: Yeah, I think we're better than books because the more and more I've been doing some preliminary research on some of the future vice president episodes, uh-huh. and there is even more information out there that we should have been taught in history class. That oh yeah, it's unreal.
0: Anyway, yes. So I studied yeah. with nobody. I studied with nobody, election college. Lincoln is getting ready for his second run for office, and he, of course, wins. And he serves four terms back-to-back in the Illinois House of Representatives. And like Jason said, he is a Whig, and he really is supportive of a lot of different things. He's uh, helping to push along the, uh, the, the Illinois and Michigan Canal uh, he ends up being the canal commissioner a little while later. I don't know what that really involves. I don't. I can't imagine it be very much. Like, oh, I'm the commissioner of the canal. I make sure that boats can go back and forth. So, sounds pretty easy. Who knows? We we Some have commissioner we have right guy. now is going. Yeah, I'm just gonna say that. I'm gonna sue you. <laughs> we have got one guy out there who's a canal commissioner, and he's like, I'm not listening anymore. Unsubscribe. Sorry. Uh, he votes that you know. White males, whether they're landowners or not, should be able to vote. He know, he is very known for opposing slavery, uh, but he's also kind of opposed of abolishing slavery, so I don't know where that goes. And, uh, I do know where it goes, but you know we'll talk about that later. and then uh moving on up to the House of Representatives for the United States. Yeah, it's worth noting that he
1: was very supportive of the American Colonization Society. Really interesting, and we might want to do an episode about this at some point, but the whole history of Liberia and what the precursor to the Republican Party, Mm -hmm. um, namely the Whigs, that they were actually in favor of sending uh, slaves back to Africa. And that was kind of a popular thing, a popular thought to have. Uh, it, it kind of worked, but mostly did not work. Right. I don't yeah. know. Might be a little bit out of our scope, but uh, anyway, it's interesting to think about.
0: I think it, it, it fits in there, yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, uh, Lincoln is a Whig, and in 1861, he's like, I'm an old line Whig. I'm a disciple of Henry Clay. So, like Ben said, Lincoln runs for the Whig nomination in eighteen forty-three and John J. Harden defeats him. But Lincoln is like, I'll be back next time because guess what? We believe it's called the principle of rotation, but it's pretty much term limits. Um, he's like, Yeah, Harden, he's gonna retire after one term and let me run the next time so that happens in 1846 he's elected to the house of representatives he's there serving one term and he was the only Whig in the illinois delegation and he votes the party line while they're in washington and kind of interesting because that's where the intersection of him and the Mm queue takes place and if you have never listened to election college before the Q is John Quincy Adams. So kind of interesting history there because right then and there, that's your intersection between somebody who was there for the revolution and somebody who was there for the civil war.
0: Yeah. And Lincoln was also part of writing a bill that would abolish slavery in Washington DC, or as it was known then the, the district of Columbia. And of course this bill would like, you know, give compensation to the owners uh, it would help with capturing fugitive slaves. It would give popular vote to the people who, you know, whether or not they wanted to get this. Uh, but when enough Whigs didn't support it, he abandoned it. And he just was like, okay, whatever, I'll, I'll be done. Uh, Lincoln was really influential and also outspoken on different issues. Uh, he was, you know, sp- spoke out against the Mexican-American War. Uh, he uh, was really opposed to President Polk. Uh, because of this and other things as well and it probably would have actually helped him in some instances but none of the papers paid any attention to him uh, they all just kind of you know he would say things and they would be like yeah well whatever he he's just a congressman not a big deal and they wouldn't actually cover it so he lost a lot of support because people didn't know where he stood yeah so if you remember 1848 that's the election where you've
1: got the popular general Zachary Taylor uh, he's running so poor Henry Clay <laughs> uh, doesn't become the Whig nominee in 1848. Taylor does, Taylor wins, and Abe is like, I really want to become the commissioner of the general land office. But his Illinois rival, Justin Butterfield, gets it. Um, and Lincoln's like, that old fossil. <laughs> so, um, Taylor says, hey, Abe, how about becoming the governor of the Oregon Territory? And Lincoln's like, are you kidding me? I'm not going to do that. The Democrats pretty much control that territory. I don't want to have anything to do with that. So he goes back to Springfield and he practices law and he... Does a lot having to do with transportation cases, uh, having to do with uh, everything from uh, railroads to bridges to um, navigating the rivers. As a matter of fact, he received a patent for a flotation device um, to move boats in shallow water. And uh, guess what? Lincoln is the only
0: president to hold a patent. I bet that was part of that uh, canal thing. Probably. You know, yeah, he probably figured that out. So yeah, Lincoln was a pretty prolific attorney. He would be sought out by individuals. He had a couple big cases, but overall he was just a a good attorney who knew the law well. Uh, He was able to kind of use things to his advantage that maybe other individuals didn't uh, know as much about just because he had such a history with literature and reading and making sure he was informed. So uh, it turns out he did good by his clients. So all the while,
1: Lincoln is becoming very well known as the emerging leader of the Republican Party in Illinois. And this is where we are going to start intersecting with um, all these different events that happened in the 1850s. And we have episodes about um, Bleeding Kansas, the Kansas-Nebraska Act, uh, some of the compromises, uh, such as the Compromise of 1850, that were taking place. And this is where uh, it's definitely getting to a point where you have a party that is opposed to the Democrats. (laughs) Kind of the prevailing thought at the time was, well, um, popular sovereignty, that's the way you should do it. And that's where his, uh, should I say enemy, should I say friend, but Stephen (laughs) Douglas, uh, he's out there promoting the idea of popular sovereignty. And Lincoln is all about well he's a nationalist let's just put it that way he's a very big proponent of a federal government and the federal government taking the role of the decisions of what should be free what should be slave and so on and that's where we are going to cut away and next week and talk about the Lincoln-Douglas debates.
0: Yeah, we did an episode back a while back on the Lincoln-Douglas debates, and we're going to throw it back up in the feed for you. I would encourage, even if you listened to it before, to listen to it here in order, uh, just so that it kind of gives a little bit of context to the discussion that we're having. So Jason
1: and Ben from a year or two ago will visit you next week to talk about the Lincoln-Douglas debates. And don't forget, if you are anywhere near Western Pennsylvania... Coming up on October 13th, that weekend. Uh, head over to Butler and come visit us.
0: Yeah, live podcast, a very fine arts festival. Uh, we'll be doing a live podcast at 2 o'clock on the 14th at Reclamation Brewing Company. Uh, there's a whole day of podcasts and lots of good comedians and musicians and good food and stuff like that, too. So head on over. We would also appreciate it if you would leave us a review. And you could do that on iTunes. That'd be our favorite place. Also, recommend this in Overcast. You know the drill.
1: Yeah. And interact with us on social media because we love talking to you. So we are at Election College on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next. Time. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture.